the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Happy Monday, December 5th, 2022. Phone number here is 602-508-0960-602-5080-960. I was speaking with a well-connected Fox News contributor this morning. The topic, the Hunter Biden Twitter document dump, uh, dump from this past Friday. By any calculation or consideration, something awfully rotten took place here. 51 retired intelligence officials, including former heads of the CIA and the National Security Council, used the credibility of their former titles and their current security clearances, which they take with them when they retire, to claim the story of Hunter Biden's laptop had, in their phrase, all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. That's all the mainstream media needed to quash the story and go about censoring it and in the interstices, lambast and decredential, the New York Post, which printed it. Twitter and its Mayberry Machiavellis went on to lock the story, keep the New York Post from accessing or publishing anything on Twitter, and generally killing any, killing the story of any and all credibility. Even Joe Biden, in the second debate with Donald Trump for the 2020 presidential election, used all this to distract and destroy the story. When Donald Trump tried to bring it up in that second debate, certainly the moderators would not, so Donald Trump did. Joe Biden said this, reading from the transcript of the debate, quote, look, there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this is, what he's accusing me of, is a Russian plan. They have said that this has all the characteristics. Four, five former heads of the CIA say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody, nobody believes it except him. His and his good friend Rudy Giuliani, close quote. And poof, like Kaiser Soze, it just disappeared. And it worked. As the polling firm McLaughlin and Associates pointed out, based on exit poll surveys in 2020, nearly 5% of Joe Biden's voters would not have voted for him had they heard of the story. More than enough to change the 2020 outcome, especially in battleground states. So that's what happened. My friend from Fox said to me, nobody outside of Fox viewership really knows this, do they? Nobody really cares what happened, do they? I'm not sure, is the answer. What I do think is the Democrats who do know of it are actually okay with it, okay with what transpired. I mean, certainly the 51 intelligence officials knew they were spreading hogwash based on nothingness. Why do I think the Democrat, the Democrats who do know of this don't really care what happened? Because we've entered a very weird time where to them, the ends, any ends that defeat Republicans justify the means, any means that will help get them there, any means necessary to defeat Republicans. And it becomes all the easier to justify those means when the Republican is a white supremacist, a Nazi, an existential threat to the Constitution, an illegitimately elected president in the first place. Epithets about Republicans and Donald Trump that became so 
routine from Democrats that it wasn't just an echo chamber. It was an echo chamber inside of an echo chamber with a megaphone on an endless loop. When Hillary Clinton wasn't saying it, Nancy Pelosi was. When Nancy Pelosi wasn't saying it, Adam Schiff was. When Adam Schiff wasn't saying it, hosts and guests on CNN were. When hosts and guests on CNN weren't saying it, hosts and guests on CBS were. When hosts and guests on CBS weren't saying it, editorial pages were. When editorial pages weren't saying it, protesters and marchers and rally goers in the street were. Just an endless loop of repetition so as to create a new settled or conventional wisdom. And so surely anything would do to get Trump and Republicans out by January of 2021. And being exposed now, being seen as exploiting expertise for political purposes, being seen as censors, being seen as people who misdirected deliberately, no pangs of conscience strike because it was necessary to defeat conservatives, Trump, and Republicans. The lane of shame or conscience doesn't exist for these political and legal pyromaniacs because the outcome was what was important, what was the ultimate justice, or rather, justification. Or the word we want, it was all justified. Winning an election, governing and taking your case to the American people while letting the opposing party try the same were options and standards that were self-renounced by Democrats just about the time of Donald Trump's election in 2016 immediately. Heck, the new leader of the Democrats in Congress, Hakeem Jeffries himself, routinely stated Donald Trump was not legitimately elected in 2016, even as he stands today against election Denial, should any Republican utter such a thought. From that line of attack came not my president. From that line of attack came calls for impeachment as early as the same month Donald Trump was sworn into office. From that line of attack came boycotting his inauguration. From that line of attack came charges of racism and bigotry. From that line of attack came a special counsel investigation and two impeachments. And the interesting thing is that none of it worked until the 2020 and the election of 2020 when taking the Democrats' own narrative fully, the election was simply fair and square with no shenanigans when their guy won. You put everything the Democrats and the corporate media threw against Trump and Republicans, including the censoring of the Hunter Biden laptop story and the attacks over COVID mitigation responses, and it's really quite amazing to think Republicans anywhere could or did win anything. If you are a Democrat, though, you realize it took all this to take Republicans down in an election. The narrative was the campaign. The media was the opposition and the message. We are the vulgar and they are the elite and we have no business ever beating them ever or right to govern them ever or right to question them ever. And if there are signs of corruption in their ranks, even at the highest levels, with evidence that the president may be compromised via his son, Bury the damned story any way you can, by any means necessary, including the legal or intel system. To defeat us politically, maintain power and exact revenge or vengeance whenever we do pull out a win or a victory. Any means will do, by any means necessary, which works well as a model of operational success, especially if you flirt with or embrace political and economic doctrines that substantiate concepts like by any means necessary, which is Marxism and Leninism. 
That phrase, by any means necessary, comes from the Marxist writer Franz Fanon. Many of you know his work, The Wretched of the Earth. And it was adopted by revolutionaries everywhere, from Malcolm X to Che Guevara. And it circles back to our discussion yesterday about, or last week, about how the autocrat or the autocratic personality in politics does not care about process. They care about outcome. By any means necessary is the cognate of the ends justify the means. And it can never stop. The ends justify the means, by, justify the means, by the way, comes to us in the modern era from the Marxist revolutionary Leon Trotsky. In his book, Trotsky's book, Their Morals and Ours, you immediately understand something from the title, don't you? There is not a morality. There are conflicting moralities or multiple moralities. There's an ours, which is to say there are multiple truths, from your truth to Kamal Harris's truth to Oprah Winfrey's truth to anyone who claims to be a boy or a girl's truth. Anyway, in Trotsky's book, he writes this, quote, The end is justified if it leads to increasing the power of humanity over nature and to the abolition of the power of one person over another. Permissible and obligatory are those and only those means we answer, which unite the revolutionary proletariat, fill their hearts with irreconcilable hostility to oppression, imbue them with consciousness of their own historic mission, raise their courage and spirit of self-sacrifice in the struggle. Close quote. Gives you a bit of a chill to reread that folly idea, firmly entrenched here now in academia and high culture, that humans can control and change nature, which explains the girl's truth when she says she's a boy as but one of many examples, or why the communist newspaper was called Pravda, translated as truth. Notice, too, what Leon Trotsky is driving at in his justification for the ends justifying the means. When he writes the task is to, quote, fill their hearts with irreconcilable hostility to oppression, imbue them with consciousness of their own historic mission, raise their courage and spirit of self-sacrifice in the struggle, you are seeing the Marxist concept and notion we speak of here often, the permanent revolution, defined by Karl Marx as, quote, the interest and task to make the revolution permanent until all the more or less propertied classes have been driven from their ruling positions, until the proletariat has conquered state power, and until the association of the proletarians has progressed sufficiently far. And so any engine of effort will do so long as it never stops. But still, there are the old verities that lay deep within most of us, where the feeling that something is not quite right cannot fully be suppressed. Thus, they will change language and the definition of things. Thus, they will use everything in their power to achieve their control. You saw a glimpse of it during COVID, and you see it now with the deployment of the ho-hum attitude the mainstream press has about being discovered. The New York Times has one story on the whole Twitter situation, and it's on B5. Because to that whole crowd, the crowd that altered an election, they think they did a job well done and know quite well that it will all in short order be memory hold. I know. I know. We're going to hear things like, how long are you going to keep harping on the Hunter Biden thing? Well, 
Hopefully, as long as we have been, speaking of the New York Times Moscow Bureau Chief Walter Durante, who covered up the evils of the Soviet Union and received a Pulitzer Prize for his reporting in the 1930s for the New York Times, or for the credibility of the New York Times and the awards its publisher received for covering up the horrors of the Holocaust, or for CNN, which Eason Jordan, former president there, admitted was covering up Saddam Hussein's brutality for decades so as to merely keep and maintain their journalistic access to that country. Truth is not the same as intelligence. And intelligence officers, at least the ones you see on television today, are not interested in the truth. They are interested in their truth for political ends. And they know they can keep doing this, which is why we cling to social or alternative media as our only hope, a hope that will, in its time and ways, probably also let us down. This is all part of a great debate, by the way. I encourage you to watch a debate that took place last month in Canada, known as the Monk Debate, M-U-N-K, where Douglas Murray and Matt Taibbi went up against Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times and Malcolm Gladwell of everywhere. It was enlightening as hell. And you come away seeing not only is the New York Times not interested in truth, it's not even interested in brains, Just a partisan position that perpetuates the permanent revolution. That's what they're about. In chapter three of George Orwell's 1984, we read this, quote, And if all others accepted the lie which the party imposed, if all records told the same tale, then the lie passed into history and it became truth. Who controls the past, ran the party's slogan, controls the future. Who controls the present, controls the past. And yet the past, though of its nature alterable, never had been altered. Whatever was true now was true from everlasting to everlasting. It was quite simple. All that was needed was an unending series of victories over your own memory. Reality control, they called it in Newspeak, or doublethink. Close quote. Want to make a wager? I'll make this wager with you. I'm pretty sure I'll be right. This whole story of what Elon Musk and Matt Taibbi released last Friday will be gone from conversation by this Wednesday. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. If you're concerned with stock market volatility, Y-Refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. It's a portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You are paid monthly and there are no fees. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to 10 and a quarter percent rate of return. That's right. 10.25%. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com or call them at 888-YREFI34. That's 888-YREFI34. Keith, holding down our Atlanta Bureau. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Seth? I'm fine. I keep reading reports that this Senate race tomorrow is not looking good for us. Um, They're probably right. And it's, you know, the sad thing is I saw this really unfold. 
And um, they did a masterful job taking down a good man. I mean, Herschel Walker, we all have our flaws, right? But, I mean, they they took, they took doctored up the commercial to make it look like his wife, ex-wife, was really talking about how he did these things. What they did was, uh, the few people know is that Herschel was in that, that scene with her, and, and Herschel was talking about mental health and uh-huh. how to help people and uh-huh. so forth. Uh-huh. So, but... And Herschel Walker's a class act. He he never will swear or he'll ever insult other people. He runs on his own merit. I'll, I'll tell you what, and, what showed me a lot of class. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's a small thing to some people. I thought, I thought it said a lot about him. You may remember about uh, three or four months ago, his son, who I gather is estranged from him at this point, his son who has his own social media profile, did a big attack yeah. on his dad. And Herschel just didn't respond. I think he just said something like, um, "I still love my son." I, I, I mean, it was that was a class act. I thought. Yeah, he did come out. He said he still loves his son. Yeah, yeah, and, that's all he and, said. And the sad thing yeah. is, you know, Rafi Warnock has a real checkered past. Oh yeah, with a crime in his family and um, tenement and housing and all pre- that. Yeah, when he was a preacher up in um, Baltimore, I believe it was, he. Um, he had pedophiles in his congregation, and they they abused children, and he um, obstructed justice when the police were trying to investigate that. Uh, and and they they've really covered that story up well. And I think Google's still really behind a lot of it because it's hard to find the stories, but they're 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 out there about what Raphael Warnock did. Yeah, they put everything that, they had there. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. And it and it's this is. The typical thing Democrats have no class. They they have no. There's a double set of standards, and they play by easier standards to win. I mean, it's easier to win by slinging mud at your opponent than run on your own merit. Yeah, you can't and, fail standards that you set if you don't set any. Here's my thing, Keith. Um, I would love to hear more from you. I got to take a quick commercial break and do my culture economy update. If you'd like to hold. Or call back. I'll get to you um, in a, in about ten minutes if that's cool with you. Either way, that, your choice. Good. I just got to take the break and uh, do my update. But if you're willing to hold, uh, if you have the time, we have the uh, we have the air. I guess that would be the new commercial here. <laughs> if you have the time, we have the air. So uh, don't go away. Uh, there's room for more as well. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. But I'd like to hear more from you, Keith, in just a few moments. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. That's the A-Train, which runs in New York. And this is our Culture and Economy Update with John Dombrowski, Jr. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. Uh, You can reach him via his website at grandcanyonplanning.com. You can check out his radio show here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. John, welcome back. Did you ride the A-Train while you were in New York? Did not ride the train or the subway. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, I hope you had a good trip. Did. We did have fun. Good. Good. It's not April 15th or anywhere near it, but you flagged an interesting Mm -hmm. story. Maybe a lot of people don't know about this. 
Um, as the year comes to a close, there is some interesting things you can. There are some interesting things you can do with your taxes, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's interesting because we do talk about this uh, regularly, and sometimes it may get a little bit repetitive. But what's important is is each year these dates, critical dates in our life, come up, and one of them is year end, right? Your income tax. Uh, the year is the. Uh, January 1st through December 31st. Your tax return doesn't have to be filed until, uh, you know, April 15th. However, uh, there are certain things you have to do during the year in order to comply with the tax law. And one of them would be is, is if you need to take money from your retirement accounts because of your age, which is now required minimum distributions uh, at the age of 72 or older, you need to be withdrawing money from those retirement accounts. So if you are in that age bracket, uh, it's, in, it's in, important to take that distribution in the year, in the current year. Don't wait until April 15th thinking you can contr- you know, withdraw by April 15th. That is not the case. You must take that distribution uh, during the calendar year right up until uh, December 31st. If you don't, a 50% penalty of what you did not take. That was required. Okay, that's big, big, good. It's a big number. Yeah, no, that is big. Now, tell me this. Tell, tell the audience about this qualified charitable distributions. Okay, so queer, cha- <laughs> qualified charitable yeah. distributions, yes. Yeah. So what you can do uh, to satisfy your required minimum distribution, if you don't um, necessarily want to take it or need to take it, uh, and you do contribute to charities throughout the year, uh, you can actually... Uh, direct your uh, RMD to go to a a qualified charitable organization. So, in other words, uh, you can get a deduction for that, and also you don't have to claim that then as income. So it's a win-win for you and for the organization that you're making the charitable donation to. Yeah, this this would explain, too, why so many people see in their inboxes or in their telephones so many calls from nonprofits this time Mm -hmm. of year, right? Yes, absolutely. They're all trying to raise money for their uh, cause, and, uh, of course, some, some causes are... Um, better than others, be very careful yeah. uh, to who you're contributing to. Make sure you understand what their uh, plans are for those funds. Yeah, you, you're always good about flagging uh, fraud, and uh, I want to I want to flag this too. Sure. Yeah, people ought to. Yes, if they if they are being asked to give money to a place they have never heard of or haven't before, yep. do check it out before yeah. you just take the word of the person on the other side of the email or the telephone. Make sure it's a qualified yeah. charity that yeah. you yeah. will be able to get that deduction yep. if that's what you're looking to do as well. Exactly. You know, the other thing too, Seth, we talked about taking money out, but for mm-hmm. those uh, contributions uh, that you make to those retirement accounts, especially the ones that are you're participating in a, um, something in your workplace, a 401k or a 403b or mm-hmm. one of those types of uh, plans, uh, you have to make all of your contributions, again, in the calendar year, not by April 15th of the following year. So be very aware of what your contributions are. We're very close to the end of the year. You still have time, possibly one or two more paychecks that you're going to be Mm -hmm. receiving. If you want to increase your contribution to that 401k to max it out, if you've got the wherewithal to do so, uh, you can make that uh, contribution right up until December 31st to those plans. After that, the next contribution you make is going to go towards 2023. However, with an IRA individual retirement account or some of the other plans, uh, individual accounts, you do have time to make contributions right up until tax day. Um, So uh, two differences there between company-sponsored plans and an individual retirement account.
And the difference between April 15th and the end of the previous year. Yes. Correct. Nicely done, yes. John Dombrowski. Thank you, you sir. As always, uh, you can reach out to me at grandcanyonplanning.com. Request an appointment. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Sipic, and investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. John, thank, thank you. you. Always Godspeed. I'll talk yes. to you tomorrow. I Bye-bye. am Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Keith on deck. More, room for more. And uh, stay tuned for some uh, fun ticket giveaways we have as well. A lot more coming up. We'll be right back. Heck of a note. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Keith has been very patient. He is calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Keith, thank you for your patience. So it really comes down to this. Uh, a, a Democrat's going to vote for a Democrat no matter how bad they are with a D next to their name. I mean, look at Katie Hobbs, just a few IQ points higher than AOC. Look at John Fetterman, a guy who cannot talk. If that, if those two were Republicans, the media would bludgeon them, and even Republicans would just say, "We can't deal with this." And 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 Raphael Warnock, like I said, he's got a very checkered past too. But the media covers up this stuff. They covered up with Hunter Biden. They cover up with Joe Biden. They cover up for everything the Democrats do. But you know. It's almost at the point now the media could go ahead and tell the true stories about these people, and the Democrat voters are going to vote for them no matter what. I mean, the, the Democrats will vote for a person who's a who's outright a, a bank robber, you know? I, I mean, can you think of anything? We're at the point now in America where the people who vote Democrat would ever give like a Reagan-Carter landslide to the next Republican for any Democrat. There's just some people just going to flip that left for the Democrat, no matter how bad they are. Yeah, I, I will hand it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I hate it and I disagree with it, and I think it's damaging to civil society as well as our politics, but I will hand it to the Democrats for having crafted a narrative that has so suffused so much of our dialogue and culture about what Republicans are and who Republicans are and what they stand for. Uh, You know, it was from my monologue, that endless loop I was describing, that echo chamber inside of an echo chamber with a megaphone, that to vote for a Republican is a vote to threaten the Constitution and democracy. They have done a very good job of that. Um, By the way, uh, Donald Trump's latest didn't help. But that aside, even I mean, they had been working on this for for at least five years. But Keith, they've done such a good job of that, that I can't tell. And I don't know. Maybe you have a thought on this. I can't tell if they believe it or if they just think it's a political tactic. I really can't tell. I'm shocked that they believe it. But man, you talk to some of them, they really do believe it. They really do believe we're fascists and Nazis. They really yeah. do believe we're white supremacists, even as we nominate a guy like <laughs> or you in uh, in Georgia have nominated a guy like Herschel Walker. But you you take my point maybe. I I don't do you have a sense do they believe it or do they do they just use this as as political warfare? Here's my sense. They are so driven with anger and hate. They don't 
care what yeah. it is. Yeah. They they want to get total control. They of want a one-party state. There's no question. It, exactly. And you wait and see this latest thing, this um, Respect for Marriage Act. Yeah. That is going to be a, a wedge to go in there and ruin the churches. And I tell you why I know that, because Mark Warner was on TV the other day, and he said, the Mormon Church and mainstream Christianity has gone along with this and said uh, homosexual marriage should be respected. Now, when he says mainstream Christianity, he's really talking about what we call in Christian circles the apostate churches. You will never see churches that have a solid pastor like John MacArthur ever go with that. He will go, and I'm just waiting for that day. I just believe that California... Oh, it's knocking on the door. I mean, the Supreme Court today uh, heard heard an argument on this when it comes to private individuals or private companies um, that, you know, don't don't want to feel compelled to to design websites any more than they want to design wedding cakes for marriage arrangements they don't agree with based on their based on their faith. You know, this this is this is where the weird this is where the weird nonstop energizer rabbit of the left just goes and goes and goes. A lot of conservatives and Republicans you know come around I don't know 2014 2015 someone there they kind of said all right look we're we're not going to get into the business of disrupting laws or or we're not going to get into the business of preventing um gay couples of marrying anymore they, that was you know that that was kind of where they mo- a lot of republicans started moving in 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 2014 2015 20 maybe even a little before that and 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 yet and yet all they asked for all they asked for was that so long as you leave our beliefs alone so long as you believe so long as you leave our faith and our churches and our synagogues and our our colleges that are based on you know whether it's yeshiva university or byu or something like that as long as you leave those alone but they won't they won't this is the permanent revolution that i described earlier they have to take down every single last remnant of you know individual conscience and faith or slash resistance they they won't yeah. leave them alone they will they will torment until they have totally and completely conquered and driven faith from the entirety of the public square. I got a quick question for you. A couple months ago, you had a guy who called in and he said that we're really at that point where the nation needs to um, revolt. And I was thinking, man, I sure hope we're not at there. But, you know, he's he's got a very solid point because it just seems like I, I always believe the ballot worked. And I said, this election, we've got to blow this away. If we don't, then he's probably right. How do you feel today? I, I personally think that we're getting closer to that point where the only way we can peacefully exist is we got to split the nation up, or or we're going to end up into a real bad revolt soon. Well, no, I'm not there, and I and I was I was I, I, and I will remind that regardless of what happens in the election in Georgia tomorrow, um, consider this. For all that we are up against and all that we have outlined that we're up against, from the media to the law to the you name it, you know, we still have about uh, half and maybe the more important half of Washington, D.C., of the center and control of government. We have the Supreme Court 
by a supermajority. We have the House of Representatives. Um, we don't have the White House and we don't have the Senate. I'd rather have the House and the Supreme Court than the White House and the Senate, to be honest with you. Um, and so I, I, I think for us to think the way the direction you're taking us in is is to put us into not only a permanent minority status, but into a level of rhetoric that basically substantiates the worst rhetoric of the left. We're not the revolutionaries. They are. We're not the radicals. They are. We haven't split from the principles of our founding. They have. I think we need to do better work, better job, better leadership, better candidates. Um, I think we need to, you know, win some substantial elections substantially. But, you know, with a split Washington, D.C. right now, with, I think, the more important of the institutions on our side, in our hands— um, no, I, 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 I'm very, very, very far removed from that perspective, and and I think it's I think it's dangerous to think that way, and I think it's not going to end well for our side if we do go that way. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As you just heard Charlie talking about it, Turning Point USA is bringing America's biggest freedom party to Phoenix this December 17th through the 20th at the Phoenix Convention Center. It's America Fest 2022, and it's going to feature the biggest names in the conservative movement, like, of course, Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Kaylee McEnany, many more. And there will be nightly concerts featuring music legends from Riley Green to Chase Rice, Rail Lynn, and more. Don't miss the largest celebration of our constitutional rights and freedom in America. I have a uh, pack of four general admission tickets to give away to the next caller here, 602-508-0960. We talk about reach one and teach one. Bring some friends. A pack of four for free. And don't worry, if you don't win the tickets on this call, you can buy them online at amfest.com, amfest.com. We have a special discount for 960 the Patriot listeners. Just make sure to use code PATRIOT when checking out at AMFest.com to get 50% off your tickets. Head to AMFest.com now for more event details. Happy to uh, give you those away. I um, I had mentioned um, earlier this really great, I thought it was a really great debate um, between uh, Matt Taibbi on one side, joined by Douglas Murray um, in Canada, and they were up against Malcolm Gladwell, who's I, I see with the New Yorker now. I'm not sure where he is. You know who he is, though. He's the best-selling author of so many important books. Um, make me rethink buying another book from him after I saw this debate performance. And Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times makes me think the New York Times values intelligence. She was nearly incapable of speaking a little bit just a little bit better than Katie Hobbs, who's just a little bit better than John Fetterman. Really striking how inarticulate she was. And Gladwell was as smug as um, as smug as anything I've ever seen on a stage. But Douglas Murray was excellent. Matt Taibbi's probably a better writer than he is speaker. I've never never been that impressed with it <clears throat> with his speaking, but he was on the right side here, and they did a great job on the question of whether you should trust the media, whether you can trust the mainstream media. And uh, I just want to commend it to you. I I might play an excerpt from it uh, from Douglas Murray's opening line. 
but it was just really well done and, and shows what happens in these debates when there is a fair debate. And it was fair. Uh, the moderator was totally fair. They won the audience over. The audience started um, – so they take a poll of the audience before and after the debate. The audience started uh, 52-48 agreeing with Michelle Goldberg and Malcolm Gladwell that you can trust the media by the time the debate was over – um, that uh, switched and lopsidedly, so they sided with Douglas Murray and Matt Taibbi. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want a quick, handy way to get a link to that debate, you can see it. Uh, you can go to Powerline. I think Scott Johnson writes it up with a hyperlink to a Vimeo um, production of it, and maybe we'll uh, play a little bit of it uh, in the next hour. In any event, it's your hour next hour, 602. 5080960 We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 